Truth shall spring out of the earth, and righteousness shall look down from heaven. Yea, the mother shall give that which is good, and our land shall yield her increase. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And if your eye be single to glory, your whole body will be filled with light, and there shall be no darkness in you, and the body which is filled with light comprehendeth all things. For intelligence cleaveth to intelligence, wisdom receiveth wisdom, truth embraceth truth, virtue loveth virtue, light cleaveth unto light, mercy hath compassion on mercy, and claimeth her own. Verily I say unto you, she will impart unto you her spirit, which shall enlighten your mind, which shall fill your soul with joy. A compilation of my favorite scriptures from Psalms, John, and Doctrine and Covenants. Welcome to In Her Image, a podcast where we seek and celebrate our mother God through scripture, scholarship, and the arts in everyday life. I'm your host, Meg Ripmanick. The other day I had an interesting experience. I was talking to a relative about our first podcast of the season, and I told her how we were reviewing scriptures or sharing scriptures from biblical texts about Heavenly Mother. And while I was telling her about it, I told her that these translations were from a Jewish rabbi who understood Hebrew really well and could see that there were pronouns in the Jewish texts that were feminine referring to our Heavenly Mother. And when I shared that with her, she said, oh, but you have to be careful with things like that that are translated by other people outside of our church. And I don't know if any of you have had an experience like this where you're trying to share something sacred to you about Heavenly Mother and it's immediately shut down because it's from a source that they are not familiar with because it's not directly from the Book of Mormon or something that Joseph Smith said or a prophet or apostle. And I feel like in that moment, I wished I had had better words (laughs) to share with her about my experience of learning what truth is and experiencing truth. In fact, this is one of my favorite questions that I love to ask people. I love to ask people, how do you personally experience truth and know that something is truth? So maybe take a moment and ponder on that yourself. Because I think that we all experience truth and that spiritual, physical sensation of light that we receive or have in our bodies that feels like your whole body is kind of being lit up in different ways. Truth and light are oftentimes synonyms. They can be referred to in the same way 
When I'm talking about that enlightening experience that lifts you up to a higher place and fills you with love and hope and joy and moves you to change and to become better and to do good in the world. That's what I'm talking about right now. The truth that moves you to do that. And then sometimes I will talk about here um, distortion or lies or fear or darkness and what that experience is like. Um, I feel like sometimes when I'm exploring and studying different theology and uh, spiritual texts, I am filled with that light, with that joy and that hope and that love. And sometimes I am filled with darkness, with confusion, with fear, with kind of a sick feeling in my gut. And so that's what I wanted to share on this podcast. I have done a few different interviews with some of my friends asking that same question. How do you experience truth? How do you experience distortion, lies, darkness, um, fear, all those things that I believe come from the adversary? And how do you know the difference between the two? And what is that experience like? And so I really hope that you can enjoy this podcast as much as I enjoyed having the conversations with my friends. And to start off, I want to share how I personally experience knowing truth. So I feel like there's four different ways that I experience knowing truth. First off, I feel like in my mind, it feels like a light turning on. Like there was darkness. I couldn't really see or perceive. And then all of a sudden, I have clear understanding and I can see what I need to see. And it feels like the word enlightenment. I also experience truth when I know something is an absolute truth, something really important that I need to remember. I have extreme physical sensations. It feels like fire or cold chills running up and down my spine. And when I have that sensation, I know that that's almost the divine or an angel of light, like tapping me on my shoulder and saying, Meg, you really need to remember this. This is important. This is vital for your progress on this journey called life. And typically, when I have remembered those um, truths and when I have those experiences, when I share it with other people, they also say they have similar sensations. Like, oh, I just got cold chills when you said that. So that's one type of truth that I receive. And then there's this other experience that I have that feels like a web is being weaved or connections are being made, like neurons firing. I, I think that's how I would describe it, maybe. And it's just, I'll have like a thought of something I've learned previously that will pop into my mind as I'm learning something new. 
and different. And I will see connections between those two fables or those two stories or that scripture and a different experience that I've had. And I will see this beautiful weaving that is happening, that is creating a full tapestry. And it's very intricate. And there's different threads of that create this entire weaving. And they're all connected. And the whole picture could not exist without every little thread. And so I feel like those are the ways that I experienced truth. And then there's something else that I experience that is kind of my own curiosities or my own maybe assumptions that I'm making because of my life experiences. And these are different than truths, but possibly could be true, but I haven't received an actual confirmation of their truth. And I feel like this kind of experience comes when maybe I've just learned something and I think that's really interesting. Well, maybe it could also be connected to this and this, or maybe that's what that really means. But it's just kind of a thought, a thought that is to be pondered and kind of put on the shelf and wandered about, but I don't know or have perfect clarity on it. So those are my ways that I feel like I am inspired by the divine and that I recognize truth versus distortion or deceit. Um, when I experience distortion, oftentimes that experience feels yucky. It feels really confusing. It feels like I'm in a tornado <laughs> being thrown around and my mind just reels. And also it can feel lethargic. It can feel suppressing and it can make me feel, I was going to say sad, but sometimes even truth can make me feel sad. Um, so that emotion may be versatile for both sides of the story, but I do think that experience of kind of feeling lethargic is huge when I am listening to something or reading something or trying to study something. And as I am studying it, it just feels like I'm walking through mud and I'm stuck or I'm sinking in, in quicksand. And then there's this other experience that I have that is when I experience truth, but it's very uncomfortable. I feel like I hear a clear voice tell me this is the truth, but you are uncomfortable with it. And you're uncomfortable with it for some reason that you need to dig into and understand more. And sometimes at that moment, I will receive insight. You're uncomfortable with it because when you were five, this thing happened to you. And so it makes you've been holding on to this belief since you were five years old. And 
that belief system is not actually correct. It's in distortion. And so it's time to release that belief and start believing the truth and make a change. And I think that uncomfortableness comes from that knowing that I need to change. So these are kind of the same types of questions that I've asked some of my dearest friends who I respect and admire and I think are amazing truth seekers. And I hope that this episode will bless your life as we all go on this journey of studying different theology and different myths and help you to seek truth as we explore these things from all over the world about the feminine divine. So with no further ado, we'll just jump into these interesting conversations. Okay, so I'm here with my friend, Stephanie. She's also the primary president at her ward, and I just love her, and I'm grateful that she's willing to answer these questions that I had. So Stephanie, how do you experience truth and no truth? Um, yeah, that's a great question. Uh, one of the things that I experience when I experience truth is a feeling of like light or illumination. Um, I think that uh, definitely when we think of untruth, darkness comes to mind, you know, so the opposite of that truth is light. I mean, I think along with that light, there's a, there's a feeling of peace. Um, I think something that maybe I didn't recognize until I'd had a lot of experience with it is I get excited. I get motivated. I want to get, you know, change my life, do the thing, um, move in that direction. And it feels urgent. Mm. Um, I explained it once when my daughter was baptized, I gave the talk on the Holy Ghost and I told her, it's almost like, you know, the spirit takes a highlighter to my life and just like circles some things, like makes them really stand out to me. Um, and that sort of helps me see like the next steps in my life and where my feet should land on my path. Mm. Um, or where they shouldn't land. So I had an interesting experience when I was making a really big life decision when I was younger. Um, and I had been praying about it. I'd fasted about it. And I went to the temple to do baptisms um, because I hadn't been through for an endowment yet. And I was sitting in the baptistry and I got this really wonderful, like my mind sort of expanded um, experience and the answer was no, like definitely do not move forward in that direction. But it felt so peaceful and good. So I feel like sometimes we think, oh, I feel anxiety about this, so it must not be right. Like those are my feelings, so they must come from the spirit. Anxiety, darkness, like that—that that is not from the spirit. Um, my no answer from God was so full of light, um, but it was a very clear no. And looking back, it was absolutely from God and it was absolutely the right choice to not move forward. Um, so I think that that's also an interesting, I guess, side of it. You know, I think it's really interesting that you talk about how you received this very direct answer of a no. And I think it's interesting because I feel like a lot of times when I'm trying to understand what I need to be doing or if something is right for me. And this can include if 
it's right for me to read a certain book that day, or if it's right for me to share a certain experience with someone, or if it's right for me to say something on this podcast. I ask myself, or even my divine team, that a question, a very specific question that could be answered with a yes or no. And I will hear a yes. And it's, it kind of feels like, I don't know how to explain it other than like a hell yes, you know, like an absolute yes, if I'm supposed to proceed, or if it is the right thing, or I should be reading this, or I should listen to this certain podcast today. When I'm seeking direction from my divine team, I find myself asking those kinds of questions like, should I listen to this podcast today to hear you? Or um, should I read in this scriptures set today to hear you? And it will be a yes or a no. And then sometimes I will get a maybe. And when I get a maybe, that usually is telling me that my question is not a good enough question, or there are added aspects to that, that it's more complicated than just a yes or no, or maybe it's a yes and no at the same time. Like, yes, do it this way, but you need to do it in this specific way or at this specific time or not right now. There's usually more details to the maybe that I need to receive. And so I love that you shared that because it reminded me that that is something that I experienced too. And I think it would be valuable to share that here on the podcast. Um, I have another question. How do you know something is not true? I feel like you kind of already answered that just now, but are there other ways that you've like experienced maybe adversarial forces or like something that doesn't feel right? And what is, how does that manifest in your life? So what comes to mind for me is negative self-talk is almost always not true. <laughs> like the, the critic in my head that tries to pull me back when I, when I feel that, that push to move forward on something. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's probably the number one way that I'm deterred from following those like glimpses of light. Mm. Um, Another interesting thing, so going back to that experience where I was sitting in the baptistry in the temple, um, the no that I got was so peaceful, but I had had previously a lot of anxiety about what will I do? Like, I'm going to be letting people down. I can't pull back now. I can't back out of this kind of feelings. Mm -hmm. um, and those all just sort of melted away and were put in their proper place and perspective when I was having that experience in the temple. Mm. Now, when I went back out into the world to try and put that into practice, it got hard. And those things came up for me again, um, that opposition or whatever um, resurfaced. And I had to go back to remembering the way that I had felt in the temple to sort of dispel that. And it was darkness and it was anxiety and it was fear. Um, and it was also feeling like I wasn't strong enough or wasn't worth it. Um, and I think all of those sort of come into play. Yeah. I really love how you talked about how, like, when you had that spiritual experience, it was profound enough to overcome the fear that came after. And I think that that is really cool because we are given these beautiful gifts that help 
us move in the right direction in our life and obtain truth in our life. And those gifts are, I would say, really powerful as long as we continue to remember them and seek them, but they can disappear because of fear and anxiety like you talked about. So thank you for that reminder to always look back at those gifts and continue to seek them. I'm with my good friend here, Heidi, and I just am going to ask her some of the same questions and some different questions um, about this topic of seeking truth and what her experience has been with that. So Heidi, would you mind introducing yourself and kind of your story? I am a mother. I have two little girls who are four and five, and I'm also a birth worker. So I walk with women through pregnancy and their birth experiences and then postpartum. And that's become a really big part of my life. And I feel like it also frames this conversation really well, how you're talking about truth, because I feel like it's really been through my own motherhood journey and also my work as well, that this has really gained more like importance in my life. And also just, I understand this topic more deeply now than I have at other times in my life. How have you experienced truth and how has it been confirmed to you in your body? When something feels like truth in my body, it feels very resonant. It feels almost like, you know, goosebumps or just like really good feelings. And how do you describe that to somebody? It just, it feels like you just have an inner knowing that something, that you're doing something right or that maybe a certain belief or practice or something, it just feels, it feels right and it feels really good. And I would say too, it feels deeper to me than just like an opinion or something, you know, because I think about my life and how my perspectives constantly are changing on certain topics, you know, and I've gone through many evolutions of who I am and different things that I've thought or beliefs I've held. But I feel like knowing to me, it feels so much deeper and when I think too about kind of these experiences of deep inner knowing that I've had as a mother too, it almost to me, I would describe it as more of a remembering or something, you know, it's almost like so strong sensations in my body that it feels like something that it just, I've known it's true in my body or my body knows it's true, but that I just wasn't aware of before so like in the past when you've talked to me about your story you mentioned how you experienced knowing something wasn't true in your body what was that experience like how did that feel yeah when I look back to um at times of my life I feel like again I've felt things really strongly like physically in my body and so when I've felt like something isn't true, it's uncomfortable. I feel like it's hard for me to even function regularly because I almost feel like I'm shutting down. I feel very anxious. I feel depressed. I feel very lethargic (laughs) and it feels very dissonant, you know, and uncomfortable. I feel like when I've felt like something's not true, I don't necessarily even feel like we know like what is true when we have like the doubt or like the questioning, but it's almost like you just 
have like a sense again like a sense of knowing that there is something different that's better or like more true than what it is that you currently have as a foundation or that you're doing or believing but it's like a hopeful thing in my opinion like you can be really uncomfortable but that discomfort is what brings about change right like you can go through Um, I think for a lot of people, like when you're going through times of darkness or when you're going through times of extreme discomfort, that's usually a time when you're kind of like pushed to a place of greater light in your life, or at least it's an opportunity for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's interesting because I think there's two things that kind of happen with truth. There can be like a line upon line, precept upon precept kind of building of truth. And then sometimes there is like a demolition <laughs> of something that you've held as truth, but it's actually distortion and may cause disease or discomfort in your life or some kind of issue. And when it, you're holding on to something that is creating um, disease in your life, you you have to go through the process of destroying and you have to go through the process of tearing down and just starting over. And I mean, I feel like that's what my experience has been. Um, I, you know, I went through a three year period of postpartum depression and years before that of anxiety and just a lot of issues. And it was very good for my mental health to say, okay, I'm starting over completely. I'm going to start with only the one thing that I know, and I'm going to let go of every other belief that I've ever held. And I'm going to just start there. And I had this one foundation of like, I knew that there was something divine out there that cared about me and cared about every human on this earth. And that was like the one thing that I knew and I was only going to hold on to that. And that was my very, very simple testimony (laughs) at that point. Um, and then as I've gone through my journey, I've tried to seek out truth and confirm that and have that experience of confirmation. So, so yeah. And when I think too about, you know, giving birth my second time, that led to kind of like what you were saying, Meg, how you had your own postpartum depression. And for me, when I had my second baby, I also went through a really, really dark time. And, you know, it was difficult being a mother, but also I felt like a lot of the foundations that I'd held at the time really just crumbled away. You know, with religion, I felt like I was having a faith crisis. With my relationship, I, you know, had my... (laughs) foundation there crumble away. I didn't know that my relationship was even going to last. And I just felt like even my own identity was just completely dissolved. Like I didn't know who I was or what I believed and just kind of felt myself in complete darkness. But at the same time, I feel like it was from that place of just everything feels like lies, you know, like I felt like that, you know, I felt kind of betrayed by religion and kind of understanding more of the nuance of religion and getting the fuller picture that I didn't really have, but also in my relationship, you know, what comes before a deepening of a relationship is also like seeing the shadow of your partner and seeing that in yourself and, you know, just seeing all these things that 
it felt like a lot of these like untruths were exposed to me, which was really uncomfortable, but also just realizing that I wanted to kind of find the truth on the other side and like find the light on the other side of the darkness. I had this experience kind of as I was navigating this time of my life that did feel really dark and, and difficult where, um, I remember talking to my husband at the time and just saying, I really, I feel almost like I am a seed buried, you know, deep in the ground and there's so much pressure on me. I feel it from like above and the sides and it's so much and it's so intense, but I also feel like I have roots forming and I can sense warmth above me and I can almost see the light even though I'm still under the ground. And I know that it's there and I know that that's my potential, you know, to keep growing and expanding and to eventually burst forth and to have this experience, right? Of like getting through what I was in. And I think that's kind of what I was referring to as well as like you can be in so much discomfort and you know, be kind of letting go of untruths or things in your life that just don't really feel right or compatible with what what you really feel is true in your heart. Um, but as you are letting go of those and kind of just embracing and following in faith, I think that's our potential. Like we will get to that place. And I feel like it's where I am now. And I'm glad that I trusted in that moment. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. And I love that story because I feel like now I see you and I know you're like basking in the sun <laughs> and you are one of the most light filled people that I know. And I'm very grateful for you in my life. That's the only way forward in my opinion. Like if you want to live and have more peace, like you have to follow that light and you have to just trust in you know like what you feel is true and keep walking forwards um because now i would say i don't feel discomfort at all like i feel very grounded i feel rooted and at peace but it definitely took a lot of disappointing people <laughs> to get here and just a lot of trust in trusting my own inner knowing and trusting my intuition um, even when it did go against what people thought or said or believed and wanted me to also think or do or believe. And yeah, I think at this point though, anytime I feel, you know, like something doesn't feel quite right to me, I respond very quickly and I, I change course. And that's, I think really brought me a lot of peace in the way I live. And I think why, I think people find it comfortable to be around me and comfortable to interact or talk with me because that is a way that I do try to live my life and pattern my life. How did you build this ability to just sense when something is not right and then make quick adjustments in your life? Um, because I feel like for me personally, sometimes I get lost in or disoriented in something that is not working for me and I don't pick up on it and make changes very quickly. I mean, I'm talking in hindsight where it was a long journey for me and it was uncomfortable and it took a while to figure it out. So I feel like 
now it's become easy, but in the process, it was actually quite messy <laughs> and it yeah. took a long time. But I would say something that really helped me was, again, I mean, I kind of mentioned experiences in my life that naturally helped me connect more with my body, but I also did that by choice. Um, when I really figured, you know, like I needed to connect with my body more intentionally also with like meditation. Um, that was something that I started actively doing um, in my darkest chapter of my life, which was after the birth of my second child. I started meditating regularly and I feel like by just finding stillness and just listening, that was when I felt like it was the easiest to pick up on the messages that I was feeling in my body. And also I think following different emotions because up until that point, I think I'd been really numbing and every emotion blending together and nothing really passing through me. Like it was just emotions that would just get stuck and I would just be paralyzed by them. And yeah, I remember just being in meditation and just kind of for the first time in my life, it felt like just tuning in and saying to my body, like, what am I feeling right now? Why am I feeling this? And even journaling as well. And then kind of just starting that as a way of life. And it started, you know, with meditation and yeah, just kind of following to the root of what I received when I asked those questions from myself. And, you know, when I started I think starting out, there were many things that were loud and screaming at me and things that needed my attention. I needed to change certain things or live more in integrity. And it's very daunting and very uncomfortable. And I think that's why some of us, like, we don't want to do that work. Um, but yeah, that's kind of how it was for me, you know, just kept meditating and trying to tune in more to my body and journaling and even though it was very hard, it was just trying to respond to the things that were very specific to me and what I was feeling. And over time, really just kind of responding to all of those things that now it's not like I'm living in an inner storm. <laughs> I'm actually, I feel really peaceful and have healed from so many things that it's very easy <laughs> when you do have something that suddenly is loud and making sound in your body or that's coming up because it's quiet, you know, otherwise. And it's just a time where I, again, I'll actually sit down and put like a hand over my forehead or my chest and just tune into my body and compassionately listen and ask what's, what's going on and what's coming up. And it's really amazing how our bodies really do communicate in a very clear manner. Thank you so much for sharing those tools with us. I think that those are extremely valuable and I have seen the value of those manifest in your life. And I think that anyone that applies those tools will be blessed. Um, and something I wanted to take even a little further is the writing aspect. Um, I know me personally, when I have taken time to create sacred time for myself, um, to meditate and to study and to hear, um, the divine speak to me, I have had a journal next to me and I've written things and I feel like the clarity of truth is so just 
amazing when I take the time to write. And I think that that is a really great way to receive truth is by pen. And I'm wondering if you have any special experiences that are maybe similar to that that you would want to share. After the birth of my second child, um, I remember at that time of my life, just I felt like there were almost words just like coming through me just like daily. And I have like journals that are filled of just like things that I feel like I was receiving that I was just writing down. And it's also interesting, um, something to say about that experience or that time of my life is, um, I feel like something that at the time I was experiencing, I remember talking to my partner, even my therapist and saying like, I just feel this overwhelming sense of like oneness and just so much love for like humanity and for the earth. And to me, that that is like truth in and of itself. I think people have had those experiences as they've gone through and experienced like the dark night of the soul, but also even with like spiritual awakenings and that is receiving truth, you know? <laughs> and I think that also speaks to like what so many spiritual leaders and gurus have like modeled throughout all time. And I feel like we experience that as truth anyway. But I feel like the things that I was writing at the time had to do with some of these like universal truths and not like very specific things about history, <laughs> you know, or things that, you know, were really concrete things like that, but just universal truths about just humanity and treating people and interacting with people. And I do have those things from writing down, but I will also say too that um, I've found a lot of um, positive experiences doing morning pages where I essentially write stream of consciousness first thing upon waking. And for me, I guess I haven't always done it first thing upon waking. I often do it after meditating, but meditating for, you know, maybe 30 minutes or so, and then coming into my kitchen and lighting a candle and then writing stream of consciousness. And it might be from my dreams the night before, from things that come up in meditation, things from just sitting, you know, in silence with my body and tuning into what's coming up and asking questions and writing what comes. But I think morning pages is a really special practice that's really helped me. And I will say specifically, I've done the three pages of morning pages inspired by the artist's way book. Um, but writing just, it takes a while and you will run out of things to say, but you just keep writing and it doesn't have to make sense. But I feel like I've had a lot of breakthroughs where I don't really write for posterity. I'm not writing for anyone. I will literally write thinking I'm going to tear this out and put it in the trash can because nobody's going to read this. And maybe even things you don't want anyone to know that you're thinking about, but you just write it anyway, because you need to, because that's what you're thinking and that's what your experience is. And so I just, yeah, I think that's been really helpful to me too. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing those two separate different type of writing experiences and tools that we can use. Um, I think it's beautiful that you had this experience with the divine actually like inspiring you and giving you words, almost like a personal scripture or a sacred book that you can treasure for the rest of your life. That is like Heidi's divine words from God. And then you also take this time to do 
these morning pages and that those are like throwaway pages, but they do so much work and they really dive in and help you um, sift through the distortions that you're holding on to that are creating disease in your life or chaos or whatever it is and replace them with what actually needs to happen. Thank you so much, Heidi, for coming on the podcast and sharing your insights. I'm sure that they will bless someone's life. All right. I am here with my friend, Bryn, just in her backyard with our kids playing all around us. So you may hear some of their little voices in the background, but I just wanted to ask her the same question I've been asking other people. How do you know truth? The first thing that came to my mind, I guess, was how it feels in my body. The term ring true, you know, it, it resonates in my body. If you've used a tuning fork before or a bell or any sort of instrument when there's, when something is in tune, essentially it is the vibrations. You can feel them harmonizing, going together. Um, you can feel when it's out of tune as well. It kind of goes it comes into a discord. So I guess that's how I would describe it. That's such a beautiful analogy. I like thinking about it that way because I've never really compared how I would say like feeling the spirit testify truth to you as to music and being in tune. But I feel like that's a really beautiful analogy to kind of hold on to, to help guide uh, seeking truth. Earlier you were talking about paradoxes and how you have sometimes experienced having two truths that are complete opposites exist at the same time and like knowing those two truths. And I just thought it was really beautiful. And I was wondering if you would share more about how that happens in your life. I guess dichotomies, things that don't seem like they could coexist, but do things that seem like opposites and are yet both true. Sometimes we look at other people and we think, oh my gosh, how could they believe that? Or how could they do that? And and at the same time, we still love them. We still know that in many ways they're a good person, but it's hard to reconcile those two things within one person. I think the same thing is within, like, within the divine. We often hear the term light and truth and organization, and then we think bad like chaos and darkness and can't have the light without the darkness. They coexist and they wouldn't exist without the other. And so they're both true. Having the experience of being a mother and like absolutely loving my children, delighting in them, being so in in love and enamored and also feeling like screaming and like, I want to run away, you know? Wanting to be organized, wanting to be uh, the the straight, the light, but actually being the vortex and the, you know, the darkness and realizing that both of those things are a part of me. Both of those things are actually divine, too. I think it actually is so important because when we are on the path of seeking for truth, we sometimes only want to acknowledge one side of the truth. And we want to say the other side is actually the darkness or like the not truth, but actually the other side may be truth. 
And I know for me on my own personal faith journey, I've had to learn, I've had to learn how to be comfortable with the uncomfortable. And I've had to learn to be comfortable with the questioning and with the just juxtapositions of, of these opposites that balance each other out and not reject the things that make me uncomfortable. Does that make sense? To be able to consider them. Can you share how you experience knowing that something is not true? Like, what is that? How does that manifest in your life? Um, I would also say that sort of physical discord. Uh, like, um, we talked about the tuning fork or the bell or the cord, um, where you can tell just, you know, you play two strings of violin together and you can hear if they're in tune with each other by the way it vibrates. Um, <laughs> And, and it's the same thing if they are not in tune, it kind of makes this, like, you can feel it. At least for me, that's, that's kind of how I experience, I guess, what you would call discord is, or, or, or untruth, um, that it doesn't, uh, somehow doesn't feel right. My body doesn't feel right. And how do you decipher that from receiving truth that is uncomfortable? I mean, this is where I believe very deeply in the gift of discernment. Um, and that's something that I've sought after my whole life is this, is the ability to tell what is, what, what's error, what's the right path for me, uh, what is truth. Honestly, I really, really think it has to do a lot with feelings. And there's also, sometimes we have anxiety. It's again, a paradox in our own experience where Maybe I don't want to go do something, but I have a knowledge that I should. I have a feeling that I need to and I should. And at the same time, it's uncomfortable, but I know that it's going to help me grow. It's interesting because I feel like on this human journey, one of our most important things that we need to accomplish is being able to decipher these different feelings and label them and understand them fully in ourselves so that we don't misunderstand when our body is communicating to us. Because I, I think it's interesting that we have to use our bodies to know, or maybe not everyone, but I do, I know truth through my body and our bot that our bodies are the ones that are testifying truth to us and maybe that's why we needed to come part of the reason why we needed to come to this earth is so that we could experience truth in our bodies and experience things that are not true in our bodies and be able to decipher and understand that and then also experience truth that makes us uncomfortable and that maybe we feel resistance towards and understand the difference between that because that can be very subtle understanding those two differences but i know for me when it's something that is true but that i have resistance towards there is this voice that says very strongly in my mind like this is true and you're uncomfortable with it i think that it's just interesting how different people experience having truth testified to them and having the other side of the story that is there to create confusion and distraction, mm -hmm. you know, in your life or in your spiritual journey. That segues into the idea that truth is a lot more expansive than we perhaps think it is. We might have truth as something 
specific in what we think it is. And then uh, what I believe is that it's more than we could even imagine. Mm-hmm. And and that's why I also feel strongly that coming back to that idea of paradox, that truth can encompass so much more than we thought it was. We It can encompass the opposites. It can encompass, you know, the the widely crazy diverse human experience and the divine itself also does encompass something way wider than what we label or understand to be true. Well, and maybe our first step in our spiritual journeys is to be able to decipher truth so that then we can go into the expanses of the magnitude of truth that could exist and be introduced to new ideas and new ways of thought and still feel it testified to us as truth, even it, even though it may feel uncomfortable mm-hmm. and even though it may feel foreign to us or just way too out there, you know, but then also hear other things that are way out there and know in our bodies and in our spirits and souls that that actually isn't true. That is just fear propagating itself in the world and in the universe because there is this almost like a religion of fear that can be propagated within even our own church it's preached over the pulpit so often and ingrained in our hearts even like we we like i find it coming out even in the way i parent sometimes And it's like, I really don't want that, but it's so ingrained in myself and even having come from a very loving and wonderful home. And I definitely have a strong feeling that fear is the adversary's greatest tool to distract us, to take us off our paths and to put us on a spiritual journey that doesn't benefit us for eternity and actually like is a detriment to our spirits. So that's interesting. I really appreciate this conversation, Bryn. Thank Thank you, you Meg. (laughs) It's been great. I love talking to you. Yeah. I hope that you enjoyed our podcast today. If you feel so inspired, share it with others. And if you haven't yet, please leave us a review. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can make a monthly donation at anchor.fm forward slash in her image. Tune in next Sunday for another inspiring episode.